Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I am Jarf. I'm with you here on a Friday. And I am with Tierney. Hello! And our special guest for this week, back with us again, is Rachel Mummert. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for joining us again. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. (laughs) It's been super fun, and I'm excited to wrap up this week. We are talking about Minute 18 of of Joe versus the Volcano, and it starts with the Great Dane's owner shout at surprise of being hugged. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. And it ends with Joe reaching down to a trampled daisy. I am full of questions today, so. I am that trampled daisy today. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's Friday. Shoes. It's Friday, and the podcast is reaching down to lift me up. <laughs> so what are your questions, Tierney? Well, the first question is from our Wednesday episode. You said you wanted to talk a little bit about this song before oh, yes. we have to bid adieu to this week. Uh, so I'm curious what you think of the choice. We get a line in this minute where they say, I'm sick of living, but I'm scared of dying. So that's Joe, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about how much we enjoy the song generally, how much we prefer it for setting the tone to the original composition. But overall, what do you think of the choice of using this particular... Because there are probably other melancholy songs that you could put in this scene that would work. Even other Ray Charles songs. What comes to my mind is Worried Mind. So does it work to pull this song from a musical, which is talking about something that is so topically serious and putting it over, does it kind of edge into the the way that pop music is kind of defanged when it's used in music, in in movies? Uh, I'm thinking of Bad to the Bone, something that's really overused. And it might have been cool the first time it was recorded, but it's been, you know, anytime you want to make a chipmunk look like they're turning into the toughest chipmunk, then they're the chipmunk (laughs) (laughs) with bad to the bone playing in the background. So it's that kind of dynamic. So what do you think about that? I think it fits. I think it's significant that the line you called out as specifically mm. being perfect for Joe is the line that kind of crescendos right as he comes up to that crushed Daisy. Yeah. The idea that it, it's hitting you over the head with the symbolism without, uh, has to be overt to do that. But right. instead of having a character have a line or an interaction with Joe, they are doing this all via the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that does make a difference. I also think that using Old Man River as much as it's about what it's about. I mean, we opened this movie with 16 tons. This is just yeah. the soundtrack for this part of the movie. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. yeah. Calling back to 16 tons is a very good point because he has a very lousy job, as it says right on the title card. And he has an extremely annoying boss, but he's not working in the coal mines for a company town that he has no possible escape from. So they are making a little bit of a leap 
with trying mm-hmm. with the songs they choose to set the tone. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Rachel? Any soundtrack choice thoughts? I was just looking through the lyrics and yeah, I think especially that section they have about he, you know, tired of living, but scared of dying. It It is fitting. And I think just the reading through the lyrics, just the tone of them, it's just he's kind of just living each day to live, you know, it's just another day. That's how, that's what it seems like reading through some of the lyrics is just, you get through each day. And this is definitely, so I agree with what both of you said, and and I'm on board with the song choice too. I just, your arguments are all rock solid. And it's making me realize that this is a section of the movie that I really didn't get when I saw it when I was younger. I didn't see this as a young child, like tyranny. I saw this when I was a college kid. But even even still, when you're 20 years old, you don't necessarily appreciate mortality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, depending on which night of college (laughs) would very much impact how you experience this movie. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what you're implying, (laughs) Tierney, and I hope all our younger (laughs) listeners make good choices. When I think at that age, too, you know, you're still, you have, at that point, you just feel you have your whole life ahead of you. You have it kind of, to a point, you want to, you know, this is how it's going to go, and it's going to be awesome, and... (laughs) At that point in your life. Yeah, it does not occur to you that you could end up running the advertising department of a medical supply company. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. God, I remember bringing someone in to my history class. You had to do a few different seminars. So they knew like, okay, all the history majors are in this. So they brought in someone and it was all the different jobs that were great to have with a history degree. And none of them had anything to do with history. Oh, geez. It was like, you can go to law school. You can run for (laughs) government. You can do this. And I'm just like, none of this is actually what we're doing. (laughs) I don't remember what I was going to say. Because you're so sad now. Thinking about all those idealistic 21-year-olds whose hopes and dreams were dashed. When we realized no one was going to pay us to know, like, the actual history of Captain Morgan when that got passed around. (laughs) See, but the thing is, we hadn't thought of podcasts yet. No. This has been my secret plan all along. (laughs) (laughs) This seems like a good time to mention that the day that we recorded this, I heard them make a reference to Joe versus the volcano on Pod Save the World. Oh, wow. And I screamed when he told me. (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. Bro versus the volcano. (laughs) (laughs) I I told my wife as well, and she's, she's a planner, and she also thinks this podcast could be much more than it is. So she (laughs) was encouraging me to reach out to Tommy Vitor. (laughs) Oh, man, I got excited. I thought you were going to say Tom Hanks. Oh, well. Oh, she would absolutely call Tom Hanks on our behalf (laughs) if we let her. (laughs) I mean, we probably will reach out to Tom Hanks. At By some which point. I mean, we'll tweet at him or something. What's it? And the person who runs his social media account might respond. Right. But I mean, we have to at least try, right? We're, yeah. we're spending many, many hours looking at one of his fine films from 1990. What do you think he would say if you're like, if you told him like, 
this is the movie of his that you chose? Would he be like, okay? Or would he be like, I'd be really? curious. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. And I would be very curious to watch Tom Hanks' face as I told him that. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to see what he said. Although I will say I really like, apparently, he will still do the um, song from Big. Really? When he meets people, the down, down, baby, down by oh, the... He still awesome. has it memorized, and he'll, like, do it with fans if they start doing it to him, so... Get out. Oh, that's that, awesome. That gives me a little bit of hope that maybe he would still have fond memories of Joe versus the Volcano. So you, if you ever run into Tom Hanks, you're going to say, Tom Hanks, I'm not arguing that with you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I was in that movie, but I don't really remember it that well. Oh. <laughs> I choose to believe. <laughs> so w- what else in this minute do we want to talk about? I just had a kind of silly, well, I guess, um, like we were talking about that lady and how she gives that little cry of surprise at being hugged. And I always think I just with that human interaction like you know if she would step back and just be like you know sir are you okay you know or just uh, you know maybe that could be that little bit of humanity just reaching out and being like then he could just be like okay this is what's happened and just kind of have that connection yeah apparently there is no human connection in staten island (laughs) which is where he is in this beginning part of doom (laughs) although to be fair i've lived in a city for over a decade and if a random person hugged me out of nowhere I yeah. would do the same thing she does, where she's like, I'm not going to confront you about this, but I That's am going true. to get away from you. <laughs> and I have to say, I probably do. I'm not a hugger. I'm not a really, uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, give me my space. So. <laughs> I come from a not huggy family. Yeah. I do the one arm hug. Friends. Oh, the one arm <laughs> hug is perfect. No, I've become kind of a hugger over the years. I, I found just as time goes by, I'm just like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. As long as I know it. It's funny. I recently had a doctor's appointment, not with Dr. Ellison, thank God. <laughs> and when she came in, I shook her hand. And then when I was leaving, she gave me a big hug. And I was Aww. like, oh, I love this. So. Yeah, and sometimes it does just, that's a little difference. It's that little yeah. piece of comfort. <laughs> yeah. I have three questions that I don't know that we know the answer to at all. Question Answer number me, one. These questions three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we know where this building is? This is a real building. Because hmm. I was trying to look and see if it was one of those, like, in the design of it, it has hidden symbols from later on in the movie, and it doesn't. I think uh. it is a real place, but I don't have a filming location. I'm a bad movies by minute podcaster. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I was looking at the designs on the side of that building being like, hmm, what does that have to say? Yeah. But inconclusive. When you're looking at one minute at a time, you can't help it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I also wondered what type of car Joe drives. I wondered that too. I had that on. I had that as a question. <laughs> It's a very cool car. It is. It fits the uh, aesthetic we've had going so far. But I can't tell because of the side of it. And it has a hood ornament, but I don't recognize it. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get a clear, clear view of it. And then my last one is, what does he say when she walks away? There is some Tom Hanks audio. It's like he mutters something huh. before he gets in the car. Are there any closed captions? I was just watching the clip, so I can't, like, it doesn't have closed captioning on it. And since it's just the clip, I can't turn it on, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I never noticed it before. I always assumed this minute was, or this scene was totally silent, except for the music and her, oh, which I'm going to keep doing. 
<laughs> but I think he does say something when I was watching it over and over again. Well, should we headcanon what he says? And since we're saying it on our podcast, it then becomes official canon. Ooh. <laughs> I wasn't sure if the script had it, but I like your idea, sir. <laughs> Me too. I would venture a guess that he says, sorry. Because <laughs> he hugs the dog. He hugs her. She reacts and they both walk away. And I will say the dog also backs away from his hug. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate rejection. Yeah, the dog senses something <laughs> oh. wrong. Which I always wondered in that last minute. Because, I mean, he hugs the dog, but he kind of gets right up in that dog's face. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, oh, oh, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like he did build it. It's first it's here's my That's hand. True. Then he pats his head. Then he hugs him like kind of from the front. And then he goes in for the full body hug yeah. of the dog. But that's when the dog is just like, uh, I don't like this. Because <laughs> when I was little, we had a dog named Alex. And my mom always taught us, you know, chew with your mouth closed. Well, I noticed, you know, when he ate, he didn't chew with his mouth closed. So one day I decided, you know, to teach him how to have manners. And <laughs> you oh don't get goodness. in between a dog and his food. No. <laughs> I got oh, bit, no. but I was okay. I learned my lesson. <laughs> oh, that's that, my uncle had a dog that was three quarters husky, one quarter wolf. Oh, wow. one of his parents. I don't know if it was his mom or his dad, but one of them had actually been part wolf. And he was huge. When I was, I want to say eight or something, he bit one of the cousins and it was pretty bad. And after that, my aunt was like, oh, you can't go near the dog anymore. And I was like, excuse me, that dog thinks I'm its puppy and I think I'm its puppy and you cannot keep us apart. (laughs) And um, she was like, yeah, but your cousin got seriously hurt. And I was like, he put his hands over the dog's paws. And I'm like, please imagine a seven-year-old being like, or seven or eight, whatever I was being like. Everyone knows not to do that. It's his uh, yeah. own fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to say, yeah, it was my uh. own fault too. So it's kind of like this tragic, like tyranny and a dog can n- never be together. Sad childhood <laughs> story, L- yeah. like the fox and the tyranny type situation. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. (laughs) And it was the opposite of what everyone's probably imagining because I would be out in the yard and the dog would be inside and I'd be looking through the window like, but I want to pet you. You're so soft. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, this is really a sad, depressing minute. But at the end, he's reaching down to that crushed Daisy. Like, yes. And the, and the music is as sad as the song is. It's not sad music. That's why I think it works so much better than the brain cloud composition. Agreed. Oh, yeah. It's the kind of sad song that you want to pick up the record needle and just start the song over and listen to it right <laughs> over again. I have something to contribute to the listener's luggage raft for that. Oh, nice. <laughs> I look forward to that. Are you going to let it be a surprise? Um, I can tell you guys and decide if I want to cut it out or not. My record player has on the inside a strip from a Peanuts comic strip. And it's Charlie Brown telling Lucy like, oh, this song makes me so sad. I always want to cry every time I hear this song. And the last panel is play it again, will ya? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love that. This is Snoopy week, evidently. It is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. 
And not a beagle in sight. <laughs> well, that was all I had for this yeah, minute. Yeah, that's all I had. I, I really appreciated that they circled back to the crushed Daisy. Yeah. But Rachel does not get the uplifting conclusion of that scene no. at all. I'm so sorry. I feel so <laughs> bad for okay. all our guests in these early minutes where it's just totally soul crushing. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta break us down to build us back up, yes. right? <laughs> what, what, so what Rachel doesn't realize is just as he's about to pull that daisy up, he gets just trampled by bullies. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you not see that cut? <laughs> we might have a problem because I've been watching the Joe versus the Volcano extreme edit. <laughs> is that not the one Can you're we... watching no the one that uses stone cold steve austin as a narrator <laughs> i saw the one where this scene concludes with him being trampled by puppies just all these puppies <laughs> <laughs> the great dane wasn't actually pulling back from the hug because he was upset about it he was like i gotta get out of here and go tell those puppies <laughs> yeah. this guy needs cheering I need up reinforcements. Or wait, am i <laughs> Wait, I think I uh, mixed up Turner and Hooch in this movie. Oh, crap. No, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) I know. The bittersweetness. (laughs) I brought you a muffin! (laughs) Eat the muffin! (laughs) Oh, my God. I think that scene... With him barking, I was like, what? I know. What? <laughs> I did that with my kid all the time before, when he was a super little baby and he would cry. Just like, what? What? I fed you. I changed your diaper. Eat the bud. <laughs> Exasperated Tom Hanks is just absolutely the best Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I forgot, I had a note actually from the very first minute that, oh, I guess it can be relevant for any of these, these minutes. Share it. So, okay. <laughs> In this movie, he's Joseph Banks. And he gets, you know, this terminal diagnosis. But then is this foreshadowing for 2013 where he would be starring in a movie as Walt Disney called Saving Mr. Banks? Oh, is that part of his fever dream? <laughs> is it possible that Joe versus the mo- volcano? <laughs> the mullet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this first act of the movie is Joe versus the mullet. Let's be honest. <laughs> but is it possible this movie holds the key to the connectivity between all of Tom Hanks' roles? It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It is. But just with Not Tom just Hanks. With Hanks. Yes. He's prolific. That's why he's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> yes. Oh, mine too. Me three. <laughs> I'm shocked that American National Treasure Tom Hanks is our favorite actor, or at least one of amongst all three of us. I know. We've made an extremely bold and daring statement in proclaiming our love for <laughs> Tom Hanks. Wait for it. Wait for it. My other one's Harrison Ford. Where do you guys stand? <laughs> I'm so edgy and unexpected. I know. Daring. <laughs> so... This this had not have anything to do with this movie. What so well? <laughs> an embarrassing confession. My sister and I are just total weirdos, and I forget how we got on the subject. But long story short, we ended up coming up with um, a celebrity fight club where we just listed oh, no. celebrity. <laughs> my sister and I came up with one team, and my dad came up with this other team, and it got ridiculous very fast. All I can say is Kevin Bacon and Tom Hanks. And Katanga mm. were on 
<laughs> were on our team. Oh boy. But yeah, just talking about our love of <laughs> Tom Hanks <laughs> reminded me of now, that. Now wait, so once you set the teams, then what did you do? Did you just discuss like um, <laughs> who would win in the fight or was there was it an RPG or We just basically wrote them down. We haven't proceeded from there yet. <laughs> I'm trying to find I know. Now, what you need to do is get some modeling clay. Oh, dear. And animate this. <laughs> That's what You're I was thinking of. You're talking to the non You might have a hit on your hands. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Our team consisted of Kevin Bacon, Sean Connery, James Earl Jones, Chuck Norris, Tom Hanks, Sigourney Weaver, Angelina Jolie, 2-Bit from The Outsiders, Pony Boy, Snoopy, to kind of wrap this all together. <laughs> of course, Snoopy. <laughs> Ubiquitous Snoopy. Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, George Kennedy, Uma Thurman, and Luca Brasi. <laughs> I feel like we could do an entire podcast just about your choices for... <laughs> your, your, for your version of Celebrity Deathmatch. And yes. just to pick on our star, why Tom Hanks? Um, He's my favorite. <laughs> this all started with Kevin Bacon, and it got out of control. But weren't you picking <laughs> fighters? Or were you just picking for favorites? <laughs> um, favorites that we want to see fight other people. You want to see Tom Hanks fight people? I just want to <laughs> see him hug a dog and pick up a daisy. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> jump in a volcano and be burnt to a crisp. <laughs> hey, we didn't put up the spoiler wall. <laughs> I'm just saying what I want to see. That's how I'm hoping this movie ends. So don't tell me one way or another. Gotcha. So celebrity. What do we do on Friday? So celebrity deathmatch. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I was like, yeah. I always take my cues from you, and I can just hear you being distracted. Like I didn't know you could hear distraction, but you definitely can. I think we just kind of went off the like, man. If we had a really, you know, kick-ass team, who would it be? <laughs> and I thought you were going to say three people, and. No, your team is went, like 20 people. It's a melee. Yeah. My dad kept being like, I want this. I want this person. And we're like, no, we're done. Cut off. We're cut off. That, that was amazing. Yeah. So last week it was that Simpsons episode that you sent me. And this week it was a celebrity that I haven't thought about celebrity deathmatch in probably <laughs> 15 years. No, there was not one day mm -hmm. that I thought about it. But as soon as you brought it up, I'm like, wasn't there a claymation thing where they yes. made celebrities? Oh, yes. yes. Of course there was. It, it was a simpler time. <laughs> but we are in this time. We are wrapping up. Minute 18, we are wrapping up our Friday on Joe versus the Minute. Tierney, Rachel, did you have anything else about this minute that you wanted to add or anything that you wanted to plug? Tierney, why don't you mention your Patreon? The sorry, what? I was watching my Daria DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Patreon because I make a lot of these podcast thingamajiggies. And so if you, well, I don't remember my user number, but if you search for One Steel Sister, all one word in Patreon, you will find me. And it's really fun. I do a little monthly behind the scenes video. So obviously August was from the Movies by Minutes meetup and... If it's a month where I haven't done something super fun, I'll just be like, here's some editing advice. Just kind of whatever comes to mind, depending on what's going on. Hopefully some of it will involve some travel for this podcast. 
And then we also, once a month, watch a movie together. So we do the whole, like, get on the group chat, countdown, press play at the same time. <laughs> so it's been really fun. And if I ever get any $10 ones, I'll send postcards. <laughs> I'm blatantly just trying to bribe people at this point. <laughs> And if you go to onesteelsister.com, there is a link there. So if for some reason you're having trouble finding me, that links directly where it's the user number URL. And folks, that's one steel sister with steel spelled S-T-E-E-L-E. S-T-W-E-L-E, if you're me pretending to be fancy as a kid. <laughs> that does I like that has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Now I'm just gotta convince my sister to be Steel Sister 2, T-O-O. And I will be <laughs> so happy and so pleased with myself. But given that I can't even get her on a podcast so far, it's not looking good for the home I team. I like this recurring <laughs> theme of Tierney's attempts to rope her sister into the podcast world. <laughs> she was on our guest spreadsheet. There's a no next to her name. It's a sad <laughs> But you listeners all said yes to hanging with us this week. And you're welcome for all the Snoopy content. And we promise <laughs> that we We'll be back next week. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so fun. Yes, it has. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. If you want to catch up with your fellow listeners, you can always join us in our Facebook group, the Joe versus the Minute Listeners Luggage Draft. And like I said, we'll be back on Monday. And now we're just headed off for the weekend. We've got new sights to see, and we'll bring back those tales and random tidbits to add to your Joe versus the Minute listening pleasure. So where to now, Tierney? Watching Turn of the Millennium MTV. <laughs> Watching Turn of the Millennium MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Let me say now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.